Beers Business and Balls, presented by Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Today is Wednesday, February 17th, episode 41. The Super Bowl is over, but we have some more football content for you as Jake Wallach, who won the Madden Club Championship, joins the show to talk about his big victory. Jake Zimmer and Will Tondo, episode 41, and Life Without Football. We're about a week into it. Feels kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, it was the first Sunday there. It's like not a good slate of games. I mean, the Celtics played one matchup, and that was pretty much it. So, yeah, post-football depression sits in. Um, Fortunately, baseball comes back. Uh, Pitchers and catches report next week, or this week rather, and next week we have a good baseball interview lined up in the pipeline, but yeah, I mean, now it's all eyes are turning towards mock drafts, uh, where the free agents will go, big free agents, uh, obviously we'll talk about J.J. Watt, come the ball section, his uh, new release, but yeah, no football, the Super Bowl happened, (laughs) not much really to say there, it was... uh, (laughs) It was uh, not the best game. It was what it was. It was what it was. And we'll talk about the Super Bowl a little bit later. You made a good point about pitchers and catchers coming back, I guess, soon. And I heard a really good take today. It's like pitchers and catchers is one of those things you're pretty pumped about. And then you see a picture of, like, Garrett Cole throwing a, a baseball and then, like, some other stud hitting a homer. And then that's that's really it. That's it. You, you look at the pitchers and catchers go – and then you're done. You're like, all right, cool. When like when the game start? Yeah, you know. So it's a little bit of solace knowing that that's coming, but we've got a long way to go still for baseball. At least probably six, seven weeks. That's actually not that long. Wow. Um, as we mentioned, Jake Wallach is on the show. Rhode Island native, won the Madden Club Championship a couple of weeks ago. So he is on to talk about his hundred and fifty thousand dollar cash prize and how he got it. Good stuff from Jake. Uh, Before we hop into our substance, let's talk about beers. Any good beers recently? Yeah, some good beers this week. Uh, This week I have a brewery, kind of matches actually the baseball team, over in Cooperstown, New York, uh, Brewery Omegang. I've had a lot of their beers over the past few years, but this one I believe I had at Malted Barley. It's Neon Rainbows. Uh, traditional New England IPA, beautifully hazy, juicy, um, and has a ton of different hops, uh, Mosaic being one of the big ones, but definitely a fresh refresh, fresh and refreshing one, if that makes sense. Double entendre there, I don't know. Um, but it was, it was a good one. It wasn't, it wasn't too overpowering. Um, they make a lot of interesting beers, uh, Brewery Oma Gang, a lot of triple IPAs, um, a lot of experimental stuff. They're, you know, they they have they stick to their German roots too with a lot of the Oktoberfest. But this one was a little bit of a surprise to see New England IPA. I enjoyed it a lot. Again, if it's at Malted Barley, it's for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, four out of five. Four out of five. Uh, a lot of reviews. Over seventeen thousand on on tap. People are similarly uh, giving it around the four as well. So I enjoyed it. I'll buy it again. That's a nice one, and you made a good point. If it's at Malted Barley, it is for me. I totally agree with that one. I'm going to switch things up, go to Warwick, Rhode Island this week, right down on the Wanasquatucket River, I believe. No, it's the Patuxent River. It is the Patuxent River. I'm very sorry for any Rhode Islander I just offended. Appenog Brewing Company, 
Cool spot, they're in the Pontiac Mills, I believe it's called, um, right near the Warwick Mall, actually. Really cool area. They have a lot of outdoor seating in the summer, some fire pits, areas where you can go sit out with your friends and enjoy a couple of pints uh, while watching the sunset over the river. Was inside a couple of weeks ago when I went, and I had a brand new, i have been told it was only a couple of days old, a brand new West Coast-style pale ale, and it was called Lake Runner, 5.2%, nice and easy to drink. Wasn't in the mood for anything heavy, so decided to go with that one, and I, I was pretty impressed. Mango pulp, citrus zest, and fresh slices of clementine, as they say on the website. So it was a very orangey beer, kind of tasted like a little bit of a less strong blue moon, um, and if you combined like a wheat beer with a pale ale. So really cool stuff from Appenog. I'm going to give that a four. Would drink again. Hope they do it into the summer because I think it would be a great summer beer. And Appenon Brewing Company, too, just phenomenal food. You've been there. Yeah, they, they, they have a ton of good stuff. I mean, the last time I was there, the guy, I forgot his name, but finagled us really good. I mean, we ordered sweet potato tots it that was were poutine. poutine. Yeah. It was poutine. A ton of different sliders. And then he knew we were full. He knew we were drinking. He goes, and we asked him about the dessert options, because why not? Calories don't count on Saturdays. <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, the ice cream sandwich is to die for. You each should get one. Okay. Well, he didn't tell us that four. there was four ice cream cookie sandwiches yeah. on each order. So yeah. between four people, 16 of them, it was just like, he got us good. I and mean, the, he, it is he one, sold us. Yeah. Oh, he did. It is one serving. But, I mean, after we had just pigged out, like, I, I remember I had one of the na best Nashville hot chicken sandwiches I've really ever had at that place. And they, all, they do everything in sliders, too. When I went back after there, uh, or after this time, I got a white and green flatbread. So good. It was just cheese and arugula and a little bit of, like, lemon zest. They really know what they're doing. Yeah, their food definitely makes up for their beer. I mean, their beer is their beer is good. It's, it's good nothing, enough. To, nothing yeah. to write home about. I mean, definitely we'll talk about it on the show because we, we're honest, fair beer reviewers. <laughs> but their food definitely is what you know is the is the uh, is the is the attention. Oh grabber. yeah, you go for the food. You don't go because they have great beer, like yeah. you do to Long Live. Um, it, it's the exact opposite of Long Live, in my opinion. It's like, oh, Long Live uh, is having a food truck. A food, right? Exactly, and you're like, oh shit. Um, you know, Appenon got a new beer and it looks pretty good. We'll go down because we know the food's fantastic. If Long Live had a kitchen, it would probably oh be. Oh my God, they need to move incredible. out. They would need to move out of that area because they would sell out everything too quick. Yeah. Long Live can't have a kitchen. They really can't unless they expand. Um, but that's Appenon Brewing Company. Overall, great experience. I thought the vibe is really cool. Get down there in Warwick at the Pontiac Mills, right next to the Warwick Mall. Let's go into business now. Overall, these past couple of weeks, after a lot of volatility, nothing crazy going on. All things relatively speaking, I feel like we just had nine billion street weeks of absolute mayhem and volatility. How can you beat uh, what happened a couple of weeks ago with GameStop and AMC and all that? We're over it. Big news coming out of this week. Uh, Whitney Wolf Heard is now the youngest self-made female billionaire after the IPO of a dating app called Bumble. Now, you blogged about this, Will. Um, Whitney Wolf is really the consummate entrepreneur. She raised a ton of money for Bumble these past couple of years, has been a great ambassador. She has experience in the dating world, um, you know, was marred by sexism and sexual harassment lawsuits and 
um, quite honestly, men in the industry trying to take advantage of her. And she came out on top and really stuck it to him and said, I'm going to shut all these people up. So overall, it's really cool to see, um, you know, Bubble gaining a little bit of momentum this week on the IPO. And I'm sure there's going to be more to come. Yeah, I mean, huge win for her, huge win for women in general. I mean, this was, she's one of three people, three females to lead a U.S. Com US company public. She started at Tinder. Uh, she was the VP of marketing there. She was actually one of the founders of like the slogan Tinder. She was the one that was the mastermind behind it. Uh, but those do those allegations, she left and started her own. And, you know, over the past seven years, she built this company. She gave uh, a new initiative on the dating, like dating apps in general. I mean, allowing women to be in the driver's seat in the decision making on this. She's a women led management team as well. A lot of great stuff. They have over 12 million users and, you know, the stock's trading fairly well. I mean, these, these IPOs in the past 12 years in general, once an IPA, IPO is public, it's like, well, obviously it's public, but once they hit, you know, the public offering, it's just going to skyrocket. I mean, we just saw that in the past year with, um, what were the ones in the Airbnb, past year? DoorDash. Airbnb, DoorDash, all of them. And it's like yeah. Bubble right now is trading about $80. So they're, they're in a good position. Um, they have a lot of capital behind them. It's a tough market to be in, especially with uh, Tinder, who also owns their, the company owns also Hinge. That's a large uh, market share to try to capture, but you know they're doing a good job and her work speaks for itself. It really does. And her stake, she's gonna be really rewarded for it because she had a 12% stake the other day. Yeah. According to your research, that was worth 1.6 billion at one yeah. point. She is gonna be taking she's that doing just make. fine she's doing just fine good for her uh, she's been through a lot i had the pleasure of seeing her speak in texas a few years ago awesome story she kind of highlighted everything about how she got to that point and overall i mean bubble's really killing it um staying competitive with tinder hinge and all that good stuff in a very saturated market too so whitney wolford youngest self-made female billionaire how about that? And that's a, a nice feel-good story for the business world this week, too, and one that's been uh, kind of very full of tension. And it's crazy. It's just crazy stuff. Um, let's hop into balls really quick before we go into our interview with Jake Wallach. Um, the, the Super Bowl. I mean, we haven't had an episode since the Super Bowl. Now, I'm sitting here thinking about why why I doubted Tom Brady. It's not that I really ever doubted, doubted him, but I mean, come on. 31 to nine final score, Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Chiefs. That is absurd. And there, it, there's a lot of Patriots fans that say they saw this coming, but never 31 to nine. No way. No, I mean, the smoke screen was up when, and that was the biggest thing that like just deterred. I mean, it was so tough when, when they said that Tom Brady you know, locked himself in a, in, a, in his house or his part of his house, whatever the story might be, for Those twelve days kids or whatever. I mean, him doing researching all the film and doing all of his studying, he realized that he had Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski because those guys were not to say they were irrelevant the entire season, but they weren't anything special. They were good pieces, they were good weapons, but it wasn't a you know, huge play for them. Everyone expected that it would be the Chris Godwin and Mike Evans show. And Gronk had two touchdowns. AB had one. Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, Lombardi Lenny, he had a touchdown too. Like he, the people that Tom Brady vouched for to have on this team were the ones that competed heavily in the Super Bowl on offense. And the defense, I mean, 
I knew that once the offensive line issues were, you know, more present and, you know, more injuries were being shown with the Chiefs that the Buccaneers were going to have a field day, I didn't realize that they were going to shut down that offense. Mm-hmm. It was it was so surprising to see. I saw I read that stat of Pat Mahomes, he rushed or scrambled for 500 yards, which was like the most ever in a game. I mean, it was just frustrating to watch him you know, have no help amongst the line. Well, the pocket collapsed. The pocket collapsed, but instead of, like, throwing the ball away, he tried to, like, make something out of nothing, which he did a couple times, but he scrambled, like, 20, 30, 40 yards backwards. It's like, just throw the ball away. Just This is just pitiful to watch. But, yeah, it was it was definitely a tough one to doubt Tom Brady, but the Chiefs just looked like they did not deserve to be there. No, it was disgusting. The defense did not show up. The offense, I mean, they didn't give the ball to Tyreek Hill enough until, like, the second half. But at that point, like, the, the damage was done, you know? And also credit the Bucks for that, too, because their game plan was clearly like, oh, Mahomes is going to be looking at Kelsey. He's going to be looking at Tyreek Hill. So let's cut off let, – let's hurry him. Let's pressure him as much as we can so that he's going to try to panic and either force it to them and make a mistake or he's really going to have to look around at guys like Hardman and Byron Pringle and a few of the other dudes. I mean, if the Chiefs actually like stuck to their original game plan and fed the ball to you know, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, the game would have been a little different. They uh, A little bit, maybe. I mean, they weren't. They did not feed the ball to their two best, best offensive players, two of the best in the league in, in some people's opinions. Like, they had no game plan going in. And, I mean, once the first quarter took place, it's like that game was all bucks, and the Chiefs did not have a chance. I agree. They didn't make any adjustments. They did not make any adjustments. So I'm not worried about Mahomes and the rest of the Chiefs, but what do you think is next for Tom Brady? Oh, I mean, he's, he's back a year. I think the band tries to stay back together. They have a lot of impending free agents. Um, you know, a lot of the big ones that we just mentioned, Gronk, A.B., Leonard Fournette, Shaq Barrett, um, JBB has one more year. year. Nadamakan Sue, LaShawn McCoy. um, (laughs) They have Shady. Isn't that crazy? Shady has (laughs) won two straight Super Bowls without taking a snap. That's absurd. And granted, in the Chiefs last year, he was actually part of the team. Um, He played fairly well throughout the entire season. And then he got hurt in the playoffs. So at least he was part of the team. I don't think he took many snaps at all for the Bucs. I don't think so. He was a healthy scratch majority of the time. It was um, just so crowded. They had guys like, you know, obviously Rojo and Fournette, but then you had Keshawn Vaughn, who yeah. was better than him, quite yeah. honestly. I mean, but, hey, he did it right. Two Super Bowls, yeah. back-to-back years. but And then Levante David was another for, uh, free agent. That's their captain. Yeah. You know, it's a big guy. Levante uh, David and... Um, no, I think that's it. But, those, I mean, either way, those are a lot of big names. And you have guys like, oh, Chris Godwin. Godwin. Um, Mike Evans comes out and says, you know, I'm going to restructure my contract. And Bruce Arians is like, sit your ass down. You guys are all staying. And you would think, I mean, I, I don't see Gronk going anywhere else. It's either Bucks or retirement. Um, and that's really up to Brady to try to convince him. AB is an interesting one. You know, not many people are like, keen on AB, especially with all the antics that he had. He could probably come back as well. I mean, he won the Super Bowl. He doesn't really have much else to prove on his career at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Godwin, I mean, I, I would assume he comes back, but Never you know, know. There's, a, there's a team that'll throw a ridiculous amount of money to him. 
the big name though is going to be Shaq Barrett. Um, he played on the franchise tag. He is looking for a payday. And as much as you know, Bruce Arians or Mike Evans or Tom Brady can be convincing. Um, anytime a guy wins a Super Bowl, they're going to get paid. They're going to get paid. They're not going to take a pay cut to stay at home when this is the first time they've hit free agency or the fifth time they hit free agency, whatever it might be. They are looking to get paid. Agreed. And you talk about big names that are in the free agent market. Obviously, J.J. Watt is a massive one. Watt has played his entire career with the Houston Texans. He asked the uh, McNair family for a release. Shocked a lot of people. We knew how disappointed he was with the direction of the franchise and the ownership and Jack Easterby's antics and not dealing into Sean Watson a fair amount of the, the oversight and the input into the new head coaching hire, but asking for a release we thought was off the table. Now, it's next for J.J. Watt remains to be determined. There's a, I, I mean, almost any team that has money to spend should be picking up the phone and calling J.J. Watt this year. Yeah, and it's surprising because I really don't think J.J. Watt knows where he wants to go. I don't think um, so either. Because no. I feel like he has enough. I mean, he had enough. The organization had enough respect for him to grant him a release. But I feel like J.J. Watt's one of those people where it's like, trade me to the Steelers, make it happen. And they would have worked out a, a trade. Or, you know, reports are coming out right now that he wants he's considering the the Browns as an option. Be like, trade me to the Browns or, you know, or release me. I feel like, because, again, it's a business. You know, letting a, a player like that at that caliber walk away with nothing. That's dumb. That's dumb. So that really just shows that J.J. Watt is willing to get sold. Um, and he is loosely tied to... Nearly every team that wants him. Of course him. he is. Um, He's JJ Watt. But it's crazy because it's like, okay, you can see him with the Steelers playing with his brothers. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. You can see him at the Packers returning to Wisconsin. Uh, you know, having Aaron Rodgers and JJ Watt on the same team is like literally um, every fantasy football analyst is like wet dream. We you could know? be at this all day though because all these scenarios apply. It's yeah. like, you know, you could the fucking Dolphins, the Pats, you I know, mean, the Pats is like, oh, the, the, you know, the classic Pats signing where they just get the best player on the market yeah. that you could go on and on. The list goes on. Or the Rams, right? The Rams. Who all of a sudden are now, you know, a top four, top five Super Bowl contender according to Vegas, which I think is a whole different conversation, but it, the list goes on. And the point is that every team has to be a suitor on him. Which is interesting though, because every team could be a suitor on him. I don't know what kind of money he brings. That's true. Like it's in a weird part of his career where it's like, he's been, he's, he does get hurt a lot. Um, he plays through a lot of injuries, but he does get hurt a lot. He's a two or three time defensive player of the year. Um, he's an all around great locker room guy. He, he literally will play his heart out on the field no matter what team he's playing on. It's a lot of positive attributes, but the age and his last contract was a $100 million contract. Like, I don't know if he expects that he's just going to get 20 off the board you know, per season, but I can't see him taking like a one-year $5 million deal to prove it because he, he's proved it. Yeah, he's not so, going to. He will not be doing that. I just don't know what what kind of money like because there's teams that are saying interest, but I'm not hearing anything on like how much. Oh, we don't have terms. How long? Like, but even like what's in the ballpark? Like you always hear about free agents where it's like so and so is anticipating you know fifteen to twenty million dollars per year or wants a contract for three plus years. It's like I'm hearing nothing. So I don't know. I mean, 
the NFL offseason is obviously very, very young. Things can't take place for a couple weeks, but he is definitely the biggest name at the moment. I'm going to predict the Packers. Let's just get that on the record so that when he signs somewhere else, I'll be publicly shamed for it. Yeah. You have anything? Um, I, I look he like the Browns. I mean, I like any team that already has a solid, like, Pro Bowl level uh, defensive lineman. Uh, a Miles Garrett, a, uh, I don't know, a Khalil Mack with the Bears. You know, there's like an Aaron Donald. If he teams up with one of those to put the pressure off him a little bit, like I, I know he just wants to win. He wants to go to a place that he can win. Uh, I mean, my dark horse not even being a fan is the Giants. I think that Joe Judge could sell him to come, but I like the Packers pick. I like the Packers pick, but I'll say mine it will be the Browns. That's an interesting one, and that's one that's getting a lot of steam. I think the Cardinals is getting a lot of steam, too. The Colts. Um, um, yeah, but the at a, in a team like those, where he's going to be doing majority of the the hitting and the hurrying quarterbacks, I don't really think that's a good recipe. I no, think you I think... just made a great point where he needs to be teamed up with somebody else good because his days of hitting the quarterback four or five times a game are over. Yeah, he's he can't get, and he also can't get double teamed every time. You know, he if they yeah. if he goes to a team where already has someone that's a little bit younger and a little bit stronger, like it'll give him opportunities to shine more, as well as just not take the full on beating. Right. So that's JJ Watt. I, I think we're just kind of getting bored with this NFL offseason already with a, a weekend, but it's exciting stuff. It really is, and I'm looking forward to this offseason because there's a lot of things going on. I think everyone just wanted it last week, and they're going to get it this week and the weeks to come. So we'll keep our eyes on that. Um, real quick, some early NBA thoughts. Celtics are uh, in fourth place. The Knicks are in sixth. The Nets are in third. Right now, the playoffs end today, and it's the Nets and the Knicks already. That's absurd. Um, how about them, Knicks? They're playing really well. They got some young rookies. Emmanuel Quickly's got to be the star of the show for now. Um, he could even be in the bucket of rookie of the year contender if he gets a little bit more reps and he keeps this up for the rest of the year. This is an exciting time to be a Knicks fan. Yeah, I mean the Derek. It led off with the Derek Rose trade. Um, he is a guy that when we got in 2016 or 2017, whatever year it was, it was exciting. I mean. Derrick Rose is the he's a name like he he is and that was the beginning of his comeback story uh, was the Knicks and when he left I mean that was just like the Knicks back then were just like still a dumpster fire they were a mess of an organization but things the moves they made this year with you know Tom Thibodeau uh, Worldwide West Leon Rose it's like they are starting to put something together where it's like, I don't care that Dolan's the owner because, you know, I'm liking how they're playing. So Derek Rose leading the second unit pretty much is a perfect, perfect move. And we did not give up anything. I mean, Dennis Smith Jr., like that was like the, you know, the marquee player of the, of the Porzingis trade. It's unfortunate that things didn't work out, but again, he wasn't used appropriately and his trade value was at all time low. So to trade him, and a second round pick that wasn't even ours for Derrick Rose, who fine, perfect, perfect, and he's you know a great leader. Um, he's mentoring these young guys. He took Obi and IQ out to dinner the first night. Like it, it is, it is perfect. 
But yeah, how about them next? Julius Julius Randall. Like I apologize for any slander, and I like Julius Randall. When I when we signed him, when we when we missed out on Kyrie and KD, I was excited. You know, I was like, I like Julius Randall. You know, yeah, yeah. He, he you know he did well in the Lakers, and but he is a stat stuffer. Now he's those stats have meaning behind it. I hope he becomes an All Star. I think he definitely deserves it. He is clearly one of the Knicks' best players. Um, and other news with the team, I mean, Mitchell Robinson's hurt out for a month or two with a broken hand, which is unfortunate. Uh, so hopefully they either make a move or guys step up. But I'd love to see some better play from RJ and Obi. Um, they're, they're, they're fine. You know, nothing, nothing to write home about, but they're fine. They should be playing at a much higher, uh, a much higher caliber. So it'll be interesting to see what the deadline brings for them. I don't know what they need. I don't know what they need. Well, they need a center. Yeah. Yeah. They need someone that's going to hold it down and play lockdown D at the five. Yeah. I mean, what are the options, though? You know, Andre Drummond's, like, not really that defender. He's uh, another stat stuffer. And what are they going to have to give up for him? That's the issue. Cavs are not going to roll no. roll over and say, here you go, here's Andre Drummond, you guys are going to go to the playoffs. No, he's going to terrorize that franchise for years if they do that. Yeah. And I, I'm not giving him up much for Andre Drummond. No, no, no. no. And I let, don't get me wrong. I he's one of the best centers in the league. I would, I, would, him. I would like him, but it's just like I'm not giving up. No, I'm not giving up a nothing's going to be worth it. Yeah, no a way. Kevin Knox or a Frank. I, I maybe I dish dish out Frank. But yeah. either way, yeah, yeah, Frank maybe I would dish out Frank. They can have Austin Rivers at this point. But the Cavs no, are I not like gonna, Austin Rivers too. He's fine, whatever. Um, what if I told you Tyson Chandler was in the market? <laughs> I, that's one that I don't want. He's, where is where was the last? What was the last? Houston. Team? He played in Houston. Last. But the other names that are getting thrown around, I see Dwayne Dedman a lot from Atlanta. I see Ersan Sova, who was in Milwaukee and a bunch of other places. I mean, I don't think any of them are great fits. None of them are better than Nerlens Noel. Yeah, I, I you know it's like Nerlens Noel is fine. Yeah, maybe Deadman. Maybe. Um. Yeah, and I you know there there's the dream scenarios where Marvin Bagley goes or Lonzo Ball ends up on the Knicks, which I think are both better fits than the other guys. But it is what it is at that point. No, I mean if they're gonna do if they're gonna make a trade, it should be just more for like three and D depth shooters. Um, because again, if you get another point guard, you're taken away from quickly and D Rose, who clearly are working right now. You know what? Whatever they're doing is what the Knicks need. Um, you're not gonna get another two guard to replace R.J. Barrett in a starting lineup. You just need a backup for him. Um, obviously, you have Julius Randle just dominating the four right now. You know, there's been talks about Kevin Knox being a possibility to get chipped off, but it's like if you're including Kevin Knox in a package, which they were reluctant to do when trading for D Rose, they did not want to include Kevin Knox in any package. It's got to be a high caliber player they're trading for. So I don't know what's up, you know, Worldwide West's and Leon Rose's sleeve, but if you're not going to trade Kevin Knox for D Rose, which I think was a great call, it better be for someone else. Yeah, a Bradley Beal. I don't know. I like Bradley Beal. I was just about to say that I, if they get somebody, I, I do like Beal. Um, there's talks like I'm looking at this right now from Sports Knot. Um, I like, like Zach Levine. Yeah, Zach Levine and Bradley Beal. I think are at the top of the list. Oladipo is not realistic. Um, John Collins, fine. You know, it is what it is. I don't really want a big haul for that. And then. 
you know, there's the Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley trade too that sh- that I'm not sure I think is realistic at this point. But no. it is what it is. I mean, there if they get somebody, it needs to be a center or it needs to be a, a spot up shooter that is just an absolute maniac from beyond the arc. That's yeah. what they need. I mean, for Bradley Beal, <sighs> it would take a lot. It would take a lot. I mean, it would probably be like a Kevin Knox, Frank, Alfred Payton. And a pick. And probably, uh, I'm going to say it, I think Obi Toppin would have to be part of that. No, they're not. I mean, they wouldn't. Which is why it. they're not going to do they that, wouldn't I think. It. Obi, I don't think they even would get, like, think about it, though. Like, the Rockets and the Wizards made that trade for, what was it? It was just John Wall for um, Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook and a pick straight. <laughs> Russell Wilson. Russell, Wilson. <laughs> Russell Westbrook and a pick straight up. I don't think, like... The Wizards aren't idiots. No, they're not. But they also are bleeding and suck and know that they can try to convince the team to help them out. You know? Obi, Obi's uh, he's staying. No, he's staying. And I let me be very clear. I want him to stay. I, this is not me advocating for Obi Toppin leaving because we don't know what he can do yet. And he seems to have some bones behind his work, which is awesome. He just needs to develop a little bit. So that's the NBA um, trade deadline for you. It's coming up, I think, in a couple of, couple of weeks. First week of March. Yeah, a couple of weeks. So we'll, we'll see if we get any movement. Do you think there's going to be anything? I think there might be a couple of trades, realistically. I think the Knicks are going to go get somebody. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, either trades or buyouts. Uh, Blake Griffin's been a, a name that's been thrown around. Yeah. Um, we already mentioned Andre Drummond. I mean, there's teams that are, you know, wanting to compete at this point. Uh, you know, the Jazz and the Nuggets are two surprise teams, but they're kind of just like two trick ponies with the likes of uh, Jamal Murray and Jokic and uh, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. So they could use some death. Uh, the Clippers and the Lakers obviously will try to add anybody and anybody. Uh, I don't, the Bucks really are probably going to stick to their guns. The Sixers are pretty good. I don't know. I really, the trade deadline's weird. In sports, especially with like again another COVID year, uh, if we're gonna still call it that, but I don't know, I don't know. And with that, that's the NBA. That's the first real NBA conversation we've had on this show. So I like it, and we're gonna have to talk about that more because our football's gone, and we don't have contenders and pretenders anymore. So maybe we'll weave some stuff in down the road. We'll go now to our interview. It is with Jake Wallach. He won the Madden Club Championship. He's hopping on to talk about his big victory, his $150,000 grand prize, and his new belt that you might catch him walking around Boston or Rhode Island with. So that's going to be real fun for him. Without further ado, here is Jake Wallach from the Madden Club Championship. All right, everybody with us this week, we have Rhode Islander, uh, a one-time national champion, probably the best Madden player on this episode, let alone the state of Rhode Island, let alone the East Coast, uh, Wall 567 Jake Wallach. Jake, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me on. Absolutely. I forgot in the intro, I mean, Mr. 150K too, uh, <laughs> but we'll, we'll hop on to that in a little bit. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jake is a... Madden Club Series champion, uh, just won that recently. So we're going to dive into you know his esports, the e gaming, and his career, as well as uh, some tips of the trade in Madden. So first and foremost, you know, tell us who is Jake Wallach. Um, well, 
I play Madden for fun, so I wouldn't <laughs> identify myself as a Madden player, uh, although it takes up like a lot of my time. I mean, you got um, you're, you're you have more national championships than us combined. Yeah, you know, and we're Madden players. So. And it's kind of ironic because I think Will in the intro said by far the best Madden player on this episode. I mean, that works too. I, you might have been trying to say the podcast, but definitely this episode yeah. for sure. So you got that um, on us. Yeah, uh, but I guess like I'm I don't know I'm a college student. Uh, I go to Northeastern, but I play Madden. I'm good at it and it's fun. So, yeah, I mean, like, what was your first Madden game? Like, tell us, like, how you got involved. Like, when did you realize you're better than everyone else and then you can uh, start competing in these championships? Um, well, I got into it, like, on the GameCube and, like, Madden 05. Okay, um, yeah. But, I, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. And then I started to, like, actually care about it and want to get better, like, three or four years ago. Um, I don't know if you guys play like Ultimate Team or whatever, um, or have seen that, but they have um, they have like weekend league where you can play. Uh, and I just want I wanted to get in the top 100 was like my goal, and so I just wanted to keep getting better, and that's sort of what got me into competitive. And then just getting into Twitch, there's a lot of um, people on Twitch that stream, and that's really what helped me a lot. Just making friends on Twitch to get better with you know. And when was your first uh, tournament? Like one of these, like, I know it's the Madden uh, Championship Series, which is hosted mm -hmm. by EA. When did you get involved in that uh, stratosphere? Uh, two, Madden 19, um, I did the, my first tournament was the Patriots Club Series, which I did um, and I won that year, uh, which was like my first tournament. Um, and I wasn't a Patriots fan, I'm a Lions fan, but it was close and it was, I didn't want to travel. So I did that one uh, and it ended up, I, I didn't really expect to win um, that just cause the the guy I had to play was, he's, ba he's basically like the best player ever um, in the yeah. final. And I played him and I got like kind of lucky, but I played a really good game and I won. Um, and I didn't really expect to win. I was just, you know, get to the finals and see what happens. And then that sort of propelled into like, oh, you know, I'll take this a little bit more seriously. Um, and I don't know. Like I said, I just play, I, I play because it's fun, like first and foremost. So, so when, when, you, when you compete with these teams, are they just like the default rosters or do you get a say in like the playbook, the players? I know you like, you won this recent one with the Lions and now we know that's your favorite team, but what, like, tell us like the, the team building process and the actual players. So there's different modes. Like this last tournament was on ultimate team. So you, I have the Lions jerseys on, I'm representing the Lions, but I think like had like two maybe I had Barry Sanders but like you don't have very many Lions players you just have the best players which honestly in my opinion is good because if I have the Lions I have absolutely no shot <laughs> because they are terrible um so yeah it's it's on ultimate team and they release you know new cards and the, the overalls keep going up uh, throughout the year and um just it, it doesn't really necessarily make sense like who's the best player at a certain time, but um, they just keep updating the cards in the pool and you just put your team together from that. Uh, there are tournaments uh, on the regular teams, like with the regular rosters, but I'm not, <laughs> I don't use the Lions in those. That's, that's the Chiefs of the Packers. So. so take us through, you know, you, you start to qualify for this event. Um, you know, you, you get in and the first couple of games, obviously you just said that, 
you're not playing with the expectation to win. You just wanted to, to get there, uh, be in a position to compete. But those first few games where you're knocking off the first few opponents, um, what's going through your mind? Were, were they decisive victories or were there any close calls early on? Tell us about that early process. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll say like, I, I still didn't go into this tournament like thinking I'm going to win, but definitely like now I feel like I'm a much better player and I feel like I'm one of the best. So I went into this tournament, you know, confident that I had a chance of winning the whole thing. And uh, I, in my division, like, I felt like I had, I would be really disappointed if I didn't win my division. Cause it goes, you know, you, I have to win the NFC North and then you went, go to the, um, you just keep advancing uh, through the NFC and then you'd play like the Super Bowl, which is the final. Um, so my main goal was just to win my division. And I had a really close game in my second game, which was versus the Vikings. And that was really the, the, the closest game I had the whole tournament where I could have lost and I had to score. I scored with like 30 seconds left. Um, but it was weird. It, it's weird because like a Madden game is like 30, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And it's so much build up to play like a 40 minute game. Um, so it's, it, it's a weird feeling like, you know, um, there's a lot of thought and preparation that goes into this like quick 40 minute span. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> that makes sense. So what kind of competition, like, you know, you, you just say you're, you're an avid player, you, you play for fun and you realize it, you know, you, you got something going, but what kind of competition do you have in these series? You know, I saw somewhere that Devonte Smith plays in the, uh, or played in a couple matches. Uh, who was your competitor that you played in the championship? Like, who are you going against? Uh, no, so the, the Devonta Smith thing is separate. That's like, uh, they do this thing where they have Derwin James because he's really good at Madden. Um, and he played a ton of celebrities. So like, that's a different thing um, separate than the tournaments. But um, so that, we don't have any NFL players playing against us. Um, Derwin actually plays in like some other things, but not the actual tournament. But the players, it's just, it's honestly, it's some people that do it full time. And then some people that just are playing a lot of Madden for fun. Uh, the finals, I played uh, Pavin, who he won the whole tournament with the Raiders in um, Madden 19. And I actually, I was there, I was at that tournament because I was representing the Patriots back then. And uh, it was pretty cool. Like that's, you know, you get to see someone and honestly in a similar situation to what I did this year where it's his first like major win. Um, so it was pretty cool to play him and, uh, just, I, I've gotten to know him over the past couple of years. So, uh, he's a really cool guy. So the final of that game, as we know, 14 to six, an absolute, if you bet the over on that, I'm really sorry. Um, mm -hmm. you go in there and you must have some kind of plan to beat him because you've, you've seen him, you, you know, what his style of play is at least a little bit because you played him before in past tournaments. So, mm -hmm. Are you just, do you have a game plan going in? Is there something that you want to do specifically to kind of disarm them to only score six points? Uh, yeah, I, I've actually, when we got to like the final eight of the tournament, um, we were playing a lot of practice games and the people I usually play were also in the NFC with me. So I was going to have to play them. So I kind of had to find other people to play. And I ended up playing Pavin like a bunch uh, when we got to the final eight. So like the week before we played in the final. So we probably played like 10 practice games before the, you know, before we played in the final. So I had a really good idea of what I was going to expect. And um, 
the way the game plays, offense is definitely like pretty hard right now, um, just because man coverage is is really really good, and uh, I. I, I just I felt like I had a good plan where I knew what I could take away with like man coverage and then um, just make a few adjustments to take away the you know the ways he was going to counter that and it, it, it's sort of like a chess match you know you're going back and forth making a couple small moves that uh, he could also counter and you're just trying to be that one step ahead and uh, I guess I made the right ones and I was you know just enough to hold it and then also um, just holding to three instead of uh, seven like he had a really good chance to get seven points right before at the end of the first half and um, held him there and that changed you know that changes everything that's huge difference and it honestly like in Madden it's like the one of the most important things is just getting seven because you, you can hang around um, if they're kicking threes but sevens you know put them away this game had no shortage of heroics either at the end of the game. Uh, you know, your opponent's charging down the field. It's 14-6, about a minute left, and you perfect timing user pick him and mm. get the ball back. And then the very next play is kind of like, all right, the ball's in your court. All you really need is a first down. And you blow off, what is it, a 70 or 80-yard run or something yeah. uh, to, to basically solidify the win here. Both of those ended up on the top 10 plays from the tournament yep. too. shout out Snickers who sponsored that uh, top play mm -hmm. video. But how cool was that to, you know, this guy's trying to make a comeback on you and then you just perfect timing user pick him out of nowhere. Um, mm -hmm. You know, how, how much were you like, just exhale. I see the victory in my sight. Yeah, no, you get to the moment where I get the pick and then um, it's like, uh, for me, it's like, I'm like one first down away from winning the whole thing. I, I took a couple of deep breaths and I, I, I try to be pretty aggressive in general. Like in that situation, you know, most people are going to run through times and kick. I was probably going to run through times and kick, but I was thinking about like, maybe I, maybe I pass here, but eh. so uh, I ended up just running. And like, luckily I didn't have to think too much. I just got a big run. Um, and that was nice. Cause I didn't want to have to actually, you know, pass with that much on the line. Although uh, I don't know. Yeah, so that was nice to just get the easy run, get it over with, and, and not have to, you know, go into the stressful, huge play. Absolutely. So, obviously, this was a big win. It's a little bit different because you mentioned that you've been to the tournaments before, but obviously, this was uh, at home. Uh, you got some shout-outs from the Lions. Any other interactions on uh, social media? Uh, Do you see, like, an outpouring of, uh, you know, retweets uh, and everything? Yeah, yeah. A ton of people were just reaching out, like, congratulating me, um, mostly – you know, just Madden people. And then the Lions one was pretty cool because they're just like, congrats. Uh, and hopefully, you know, I can do more stuff with the Lions. Like um, uh, Pavin, who has represented the Raiders, has done stuff with like a couple of Raiders players. And that would be super cool. So we'll maybe get that. I don't know. Um, yeah, just in general, uh, I, a lot of people were just congratulating me, giving me whatever. And that was cool. But I mean, the main thing is just like, I, I, for me, it was just, I wanted to, you know, win, you know, it's not about, at least for me, it's not about, oh, look, all the congratulations and stuff. It's, and the big check too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what about, uh, I know Madden does a great job, you know, when like people get on the 99 club, they get the golden cleats, you get a trophy yet? Yeah, they, they have like, uh, here, I can show you have, they give you like belts, like WWE oh, oh, that's... for like, 
so like this is like the <laughs> that's <sick. laughs> that's pretty fire yeah so like this is like the trophy um and it's pretty cool because like i was I, I was talking about the guy who i played in the patriots one he he has the most belts which is three so you don't get a lot of like belts so having one's pretty cool if you're a Madden player so like uh, if i won that I would just be walking around the streets with that all day. Do you have you worn that in public yet? And if so, have you gotten any strange looks? Uh, I pro- I just don't have the confidence to to wear that in public. That's respectable. Like, yeah, yeah, I just I couldn't do that. Um, I wear it around the house a little bit, just like on the shoulder on on like Saturday night. You know, just I got about, this thing. How about on a stream? You ever like you know just stand up and be like, oh shit, like didn't didn't I forgot I was wearing it. You know, like just. Uh, to- <laughs> Man, why is that waist so heavy? I just can't get. Oh, it's my belt. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I haven't. I haven't really streamed yet. I'm guessing like eventually, uh, I'm I'm gonna be streaming tonight and like throughout this week. I took last week off, but uh, eventually they're gonna be like, oh, let's see the belt, and I'll have to show (laughs) it, which is gonna be cool. But also like, I don't know. It's it's hard to deal with. I I don't know. I mean, you're showing it to us again. You're showing yeah, it. Yeah. You're showing it to us again. So, yeah. but that's it's, pretty. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. So, before we get into like, uh, you know, your interest in the Lions and some NFL talk, what are some tips of the trade for you know people that uh, want to play more Madden? I mean, and I would I would love to hear your input on Madden as a whole because that's one thing that you know gets a lot of hate every year that you see other. Um, you know, sport video games, just like progressing in graphics or gameplay. So I guess the first question would be like, what is your style of play? And like, give us a breakdown of your team. Uh, okay. So yeah, my style of play is like pretty aggressive. I'm, I'm passing like almost every play, most plays. And um, I used to be more, you know, conservative passing wise, but I, I think that's what's really helped me is like, I've gotten more big plays. Cause it's just, it's, I mean, you see it in the real NFL, like 13 play drives just are hard to not make a mistake on. Whereas big plays, you know, Kansas City, just get big plays and you're going to be more efficient um, in one more game. So uh, definitely aggressive passing um, and an, like more of an offensive player. Yeah, so that's that's my style. And then what's your uh, what's the makeup of your team right now? Uh, so uh, the the big ones are like, or at least in the term, the big ones were like Rich Gannon was my quarterback because he gets certain abilities. Uh, he gets like the best two abilities. And um, that's kind of a weird one. It, it's like what I said, it just happened to be that he's the best quarterback out at the time of the tournament. Um, Randy Moss, he's a Madden God. Uh, Barry Sanders, I, he, there's a lot of good running backs, but I had, I had to rock with Barry. Um, and then uh on defense I, there's so many different like there's so many different important players but I guess like my favorite players on defense are like Sean Taylor um and I don't know Justin Reed's really good too what, what would be your uh your dream team if you walked out with this all 22 this squad like who, who are you running with your well I guess we'll go with do your, you know, your offensive weapons and your quarterback and a couple of defensive guys. Who are these guys that you're walking out and you're like, I'm winning this game by 100? You got to have Michael Vick at, at QB. That's, uh, yeah. You just have to. Probably bury a running back. Uh, Moss. Ooh, I don't know. I, I really, really like, like, smaller receivers. Like, Steve Smith is, is one of my favorite receivers in Madden just for no reason. But put him on there. 
Uh, I really like Odell and Madden, so we'll put Odell. Those are my two receivers. And, like, Vernon Davis at tight end because he's super fast. So that's that's the offense. Defense, Sean Taylor. Um, oh, man. Who else? Who else we got? I don't, just like all the crazy athletes, like that's what you want. It's just the crazy athletes. Uh, oh, Dion. Dion's got to be yeah. on the team. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Taylor. Just uh, the most important thing is speed. Like it's Madden, so you want speed. Absolutely. So, so have you tried any other games uh, to stream on Twitch? Like, or I don't know, 2K is obviously getting very big in the Twitch world. Um, Honestly, MLB The Show was pretty big when they had the players uh, doing all these tournaments over the summer. So what other, um, you know, sport, sports games have you tried out streaming? Um, I, I mainly, like, stream Madden. I play a little bit of, like, The Show over the summer just if I'm bored. But I, I streamed on, like, my other Twitch just for my a couple of my friends to watch. But I don't think – I think I basically have just streamed Madden just because it's what I play. Like, I, I don't – I don't know. I, I try other games, but they're not that fun for whatever reason. So I just kind of go back to it. Um, I definitely think like the 2K stuff, um, especially in terms of esports, is really uh, is a really cool model. They have like the 2K League, and um, yeah, you know, it's just I think that'd be really cool for even though it might not be uh, applicable to like Madden just because of how it's played, but. Uh, I, I enjoy watching 2K League stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, going on top of that, like kind of reverting back to my original question, like obviously I don't know how much you can say because like, you know, you work with Madden and EA a lot, but what are some things that Madden can improve just to like make the game better each year? Because I, I think one thing that I always see, it's like I buy every Madden. I have, mm-hmm. I'm staring at my original 360 over there with like Madden 09 as like the earliest game I have. Mm-hmm. And it's like, not much is changing year after year. Mm-hmm. Like, what could they do where it's like Madden 22 comes out and it's like, all right, this one's the best of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they added uh, abilities like to Madden 20, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, they definitely need some balancing, but I think it's a really cool way to like, and the way they promoted it was like make stars feel like stars. And it kind of does that. Um, there's a lot of things. I think one thing that would really help, uh, and they have like different settings. They have like a simulation, they have a arcade mode and they have like a competitive mode. And while they have those like in the game, they don't really utilize those how I think they should. Like sim players, players that want to feel like they're you know playing NFL football should have that mode that caters to them. And then you wouldn't have to have such drastic uh, differences in what people want because you always have the people that want to play the franchise stuff complaining oh this isn't realistic but then you have people that want to play competitively that there's stuff that you know can't be realistic for it to be a good competitive game um and so those like those settings and just making those uh more different because right now they're they're kind of too similar and they don't give you enough of a um difference in the way that the game plays and then uh just also just updating franchise like i play i honestly i play a lot of franchise um and just like simulation simming it with my friends and it's fun but it isn't that in depth at all and um i think that's like a a lot of like the casual fan and literally anybody like i i enjoy it too it's just that's something that would be a huge upgrade for them if, if the franchise experience is better 
Um, and then it's in terms point. of that's yeah. why that's why two K works. You know, it has the the storylines of even the franchise mode too. It used to mm -hmm. be just the the my players that had the the storylines of Spike Lee and all the other actors and stuff actually appearing in it. And then mm -hmm. they redo franchise where you're kind of the general manager and you still have a little bit of a story. That's yeah. that, that works. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And it's weird that like Madden hasn't done much with it over the few years. Like I, I don't know. I've been simming franchises for three years. It's yeah. pretty much the same. It's the same thing. Um, so yeah, I think that could do a lot to make um, you know your more casual person into it and want to buy the new game. Uh, and then in terms of gameplay. There's a lot of stuff. The last Madden 20 was like the worst gameplay I've ever like actually as at a competitive standpoint was the worst game I've ever seen. Uh, and it definitely got better this year, but there's a lot. Of, it's just a super inconsistent game. Um, but that, if, if we start talking about that stuff, we'll just be like nerdy stuff. That yeah, <laughs> we want to talk about so. I mean, we always laugh at like the two modes because we have obviously our franchise mode uh, and we always laugh at like the trades. Like we, like the trade market is just silly because it's like, all right, I want Quinn and Nelson, Vaughn Miller and Kareem Hunt for a backup tight end, a seventh round pick and like a 64 rated OL and it works. Mm -hmm. Like obviously like you can't trade for like a Mahomes, like that one's like just impossible. But like, there's a lot of players where like, wait, I just made that trade without giving up anything. Like that's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. And then the, my player one where it's like, you're a four-year backup and then like the national championship game you're like hey our guy just transferred you want to play and it's like <laughs> and then like you go in the first round i'm like come on like, yeah no it's it, it it's weird because the other games just do it so much better and even the ea games like fifa the the franchise mode is better than it is in that so it just doesn't make sense to me that it'd be that far behind yeah for whatever reason but yeah so yeah, no, appreciate you, you know, diving into the Madden talk. Let's get into a, a little bit about yourself. So you're from Rhode Island, you go to school in New England. How did you end up a Lions fan? Uh, I was, so my, my family, we're all, all the Boston sports teams, like big Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins, and sort of the Patriots, but the Patriots was like the lesser of all of them. So I kind of had some freedom to, to make my own decisions. And I played fantasy football when I was like 10. And I had Stafford and Calvin, the stack. And uh, I just watched all the games. And I, for some reason, I was like, yeah, this is the team. And then just kept watching the games. And I don't know, you know, like when you're like 10 or 11, you just, you become so close with like the players. And you just, those are your guys. So I'm not, I can't leave it now, you know. Well, now we are in a new era of Detroit Lions. You got a new coach. Uh, Matthew Stafford's gone and Jared Goff's in. Uh, tell us how you feel. I mean, do you mm -hmm. like any of the moves so far? What are you expecting in the draft? How can the Lions, you know, come back on top? Mm -hmm. um, I like I like the Stafford trade. I mean, we got great value, and I'm a huge, like, that's, like, one of my favorite athletes ever. So if I get to see him win, he was not going to win in Detroit, and now he's on a contender. So I'm excited about that, basically, on both sides. Uh, I don't love the Dan Campbell hire because I – I just think the modern NFL is about out scheming people. You know, you look at Andy Reid or um, like Sean McVay, Matt Lafleur. They're they're not they're not Dan Campbell. They're not like physical. You know, beat them up at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
so I get why we went that way. And I know um, like Chris Spielman was uh, a big influence in that, which I was, once I heard that, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to be happy with this. Um, so I don't know. I, I just, I think, you know, we could be decent, but I don't think that that's going to be a Super Bowl team or a Super Bowl model that, that wins. Uh, but in the draft, just, Literally any, we need anything. All our, our receivers are probably going to walk. So Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, or, you know, I think it'd be fun to draft like a Trey Lance just because he's could, could be crazy. He's a crazy athlete with crazy arm. Um, but literally any position because everybody is bad. They, they are. Um, talk about guys who weren't bad. You just said Stafford and Calvin Johnson were your two guys that, Mm-hmm. that you grew up with on the fantasy team. So Stafford's gone, um, but Calvin Johnson's now in the Hall of Fame, which is really cool to see. Um, you've got T.O., Terrell Owens, talking a bunch of shit, saying, you know, hey, might not have deserved to be there. I had to wait my few ballots to get in. Um, what do you think about Calvin in the Hall of Fame? Is it is it fine to socially accept that now, or is it a little too early? I mean, he's – at worst, like the third best receiver ever, in my opinion, because I mean, he's there's an argument for him to be the best. You know, it's a small sample, but he was dominant, like literally unbelievable. He would just catch balls on three people every day, every week. Um, so I don't know. I think a lot of people get like the Hall of Fame stuff mixed up because I think like a player like Frank Gore, you know, he's been pretty good to really good for like a long time but I'd rather have someone that was elite elite for a shorter period and that's what should go in the hall of fame um so Calvin was the best receiver in the league for a a decent amount of time he should be in the hall of fame yes at least four or five years I'd have yeah exactly exactly there's something to be said when you're outside in the yard as a kid making catches and saying saying Megatron right it's Mm -hmm. incredible so and this is and I'm I'm not a Lions fan um, but this, this was a weird one for me because it's like every year I'm like, oh, I think Megatron's coming back. Like, I'm just like, I some hope. there's always some hope. And now that he's in the Hall of Fame, I'm like, shit, like he's really, he's yeah. really not coming back. <laughs> like, I'm like, he's been retired for over five years now. It's like, I still like remember him vividly. And it's mm-hmm. like, all yeah. like, oh, he's going to come back this year. He may come back in the middle of the season. But he's only 35 still, which is yeah. kind of nuts to think about that he's been out of the league for so long. And it's it really is nuts. His retirement, I think, was a shock to everybody. Yeah, yeah. I guess I didn't have, like, the hope that he would come back just because I, 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 I watched so many interviews, like, knew how he felt and knew that the Lions sucked. So yeah. it wasn't that – I never thought he was going to come back, but – Definitely deserves to yeah, be in the Hall of Fame. Definitely deserves. And I, I feel like if he ever did come back, the gas was still in the tank. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The gas yeah. was still in the tank. And it's unfortunate they couldn't get anything done with him. And uh, and you, you made a good point, too, with Stafford. It's like he put the he put the lines on, on your back. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I just saw the graphic of, like, the injuries he had last year. Like, yeah. you, that's a that's a gritty guy. So yeah. No, if, if, if nothing else, like, he is – extremely tough and gritty it's uh like all the things he played through and he tried to play through like a broken back the year like the year prior yeah so might not be the smartest decision uh to try to do all that but I mean he loves like playing and trying to go out there and win so if his 2011 
postseason game had qualified you for fantasy points, you I'm looking at this now, you would have gotten over 50 of them because 12, uh, 12 catches for 211 yards and two TDs. I mean, that's that's the Saints game, right? I believe so, yeah. And yeah. I think they still lost that one too, which yeah, they did. That, that game was that's like the the start of my like right when I got into the Lions, and that, that game hurts, but the, the Cowboys one definitely hurts more. It's that's yeah, it's, <laughs> it's never good. Like the, the damn Cowboys, it's always the freaking Cowboys that have to screw things up. Yeah, lots. And then uh. <laughs> <laughs> we're bringing up some heartache. I know. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll stop here. Um, how much gas do you think Matt Stafford has left in the tank? Are we gonna see a few more years out of him, or is it a real possibility that when he goes to LA and possibly just stinks it up, that he might be out of the league quicker than we think? Uh, I definitely think that's a possibility. Like the in, there's a lot of injuries there, um, and I, you know, I love him, but I also think people. He, he had this time when he was extremely underrated and uh, then calling him underrated became like a trend. And now it's like <laughs> scary. He might be overrated. Like people want to put him over some guys that I, I wouldn't put him over. And I think, you know, he's like borderline top eight or top 10, but um, I don't know. The expectations are high. Like people think the Rams might be the favorites to, to win it all. And I, I just don't know if the difference between him and Goff is, that big that they're like yeah so i'm a little worried because i don't want them to fail but i mean if you're the lions or any team you make that you make that trade 10 out of 10 times what two first round picks a third and a semi-decent quarterback that like if it doesn't work out it's no harm no foul like Mm -hmm. i mean just the draft capital it's like he's like okay the rams are good all right it's a higher pick whatever but if the rams suck you know, you can land a top 10 pick that's not even yours for two mm-hmm. years. Like, yeah. sign me up. Yeah, well, no, I definitely I definitely think it's, it was the right move. Uh, and the timelines work out, too, because, I mean, Goff's, Goff's contract's only two more years, I think. We probably won't be good for that time period. And then, right, when we're really good, we get rid of Goff, you know. Trust the process. Trust the process. But yeah. So are you excited about Goff or no? Uh, not really. I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I wanted I was... to make sure that because we've heard that from like all uh, everyone, Lions or not, it's everybody just kind of gives that maybe reaction. Yeah. No, I I mean, I, I don't know why. I don't know why I would expect him to be better in Detroit with nothing around him than with who I think is like one of the best coaches in the NFL. Tons of good players, like good weapons. So, yeah, I don't know. So who is your like? couple favorite players that stand out on the team for you uh hmm i gotta think about this you got like i mean deandre swift definitely has some potential yeah uh, kenny I, holiday might walk which sucks yeah. i mean i i like hawkinson yeah he's young uh what else i still i still really want akuda to be good and i want to blame it on matt patricia <laughs> so badly and just hate Matt Patricia more. So I, I really like Kuda. Uh uh Oriarie, like the corner from Penn State, just because he was like a fifth round pick, I believe. And he's been really good, you know, he was a solid starter for us. But <laughs> there's not much. Uh <laughs> oh, uh Romeo Aquara. I, I like him a lot. All right. Um, Still got some building blocks. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> not, <laughs> that, that might be a stretch. Yeah. Not really. Don't lie yeah. to the poor man. Um, uh, 
yeah, that's uh, that's going to be misery ahead for at least the next few years, probably. Yeah, so. but um, hopefully my one goal, the only player that Jelani Tavai, I don't know if you've ever watched him play football, but he's uh, the worst linebacker I've ever watched. So <laughs> hopefully I just won't have to watch him for very much longer. That, that'll be good. That'll be good enough for me. So talk about some teams that are having some trouble. You're a big Celtics guy on Twitter for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your minute long plan to get this team back on track and who's the problem do you think because i we, we've got a lot of answers but there's some <laughs> there's unclear paths yeah. on how to fix this team uh, the def- the defense doesn't make sense because it was it's just gotten worse like for really no reason i guess marcus smart but marcus smart doesn't change like how bad our rotations have been and um like just easy like layups wide open shots that just shouldn't happen so hopefully getting Marcus back helps. Um, at least Kemba played well, like, last game, shooting-wise. And I, I think, like, he won't consistently go, like, two for 12 or whatever he was going. Um, never play Sammy Ojale ever. I know he, he did well. <laughs> I saw well. that stat the other day. It was, like, 26 minutes, zero points. It's yeah. like, <laughs> like, then him and the other night, him and Peyton Pritchard combined for, like, 42. Or I yeah. was 42, yeah. Like, what the um, fuck? Well, but <laughs> – that's that's the trick he's gonna have one of those that's that's the trick you can't believe it Sammy's one of those guys that it's you ever hear the golf slogan it's like you, you always have that one shot that keeps you playing for the next three years that's semi ojale they're like oh no he scored 26 points that one day in 2018 yeah, yeah. uh i just i don't know i Neesmith has been really like frustrating because he's he was such a good shooter in college and now he's not shooting well and he just uh, for me like when i watch him it's like he's not used to just playing without the ball so much. And it's such a different thing coming from like being a big player in college. Now he's just spot up shooter and he just looks kind of like lost and like not confident like movement. So hopefully that'll be well or get better. Uh, I don't know though. Uh, it's, it's really just, we need sh- shooting and to not just make such blatant errors on defense. Uh, well, at least the, East, the Knicks yeah. too. Yeah, the, I mean the Knicks, the the Pistons were one and two versus the Pistons. Yeah, the Pistons have like seven wins and like half of them are between the Celtics and the Nets. Like that's <laughs> like crazy. It's Sadiq yeah. Bay, man, that yeah. dude is different. That was that was insane. He just did not miss for the whole game. He quite literally didn't miss. He had seven for seven for yeah. Three. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, hopefully Neesmith. We just we need Neesmith. Hopefully Langford comes back. There, there's potential there. I'm not that hopeful, but they're like, (laughs) (laughs) and the Celtics are in the flashiest team at the trade deadline. Um, I know that's coming up in a couple weeks, but is there anybody that kind of like catches your eye that it's like, maybe, you know, you know, names are kind of floating around right now of people sitting, you know, Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, PJ Tucker, that doesn't fill your like shooter need, but it definitely could help the defense. Mm -hmm. And like, was there anybody in mind that you would consider picking up and also like, who are you willing to ship off? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Versus, like, all the names that come around, I just, I don't think that like a, a rebounding center is gonna change the like push the Celtics over the top. Um, and I feel like if we trade Kemba now, like his value, so it is not it's gonna be low. That, yeah. yeah, so low. Um. I did see like a like a Kemba Stephen Adams or like Stephen Adams like Lonzo kind of deal, but I don't know why that why they would ever do that or what the price would be. Um, 
and that would be interesting because I really like Lonzo for no reason, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really know what we should do uh, trade wise, and it's 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 frustrating because they just shouldn't be so mediocre. Yeah, Celtics are gonna be. They need to figure it out fast. And Marcus Smart's going to – when he rejoins the team, hopefully that helps a little bit, but I still think they need some help. Um, so what's next for you? Any tournaments coming up? Any uh, planned events? Any cool streaming stuff that you're up to? We'd love to hear about it. Um, there's, like, a couple smaller tournaments that they're doing, um, but I – it's not going to be as exciting as, like, the, the past one. And then hopefully they do like a Madden Bowl where it's like the top 16 players at the end of the year. And because I made the finals of the club championship, like I'm already qualified for that. So that'll be really exciting. And that'll be back on uh, the, the ultimate team mode, which is my favorite. So that, that'll that be fun. Um, and then in terms of streaming, I, I don't really know. I, I, I stream semi-consistently and I think just being more consistent is my main goal but yeah nice awesome well we appreciate you coming on the show uh thanks for sharing your experience and you know talking shop with the uh NFL Lions and the Celtics where can our listeners you know follow along your content and uh follow along your Madden journey as well um I think the best thing is just following me on Twitter which is uh at the jwa 567 on Twitter because I tweet out like any streams or I do sports things. If you want to hear about the Celtics or the Lions, that's that's what it. That's where I put that at. So yeah, good stuff, man. Awesome. Cool, Jay. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, best of luck in your Madden endeavors. Oh, what are you gonna do with the the money you won? We forgot to ask. Anything? Uh, I think I'm gonna do a a, a vacation to Cabo. That's, that's, the, <laughs> that's the plan, and then just nothing with the rest of it. But I feel oh, like yeah. you know a, a little bit of. Uh, excitement you got to bring the belt to Cabo yeah uh, that, that, uh, <laughs> maybe we'll see maybe um what was I just gonna say um yeah but you're not gonna you're not gonna buy a ton of dogecoin with it Mm-mm. I feel like you have no. to <laughs> if you want to turn 150k into 75k real quick that's a good <laughs> yeah. what about yeah. the what about the new xbox oh I've been trying to get one it's it, it's so hard though um but yeah I'll, I'll get a new xbox and then I buy, I get a lot of burritos. That's, those are like my, that's my main two spending things are like Xbox equipment and Madden stuff. And then burritos <laughs> from where, uh, in Providence, I go to Baja's like, oh, oh there we go. We just there went two nights ago to Baja's yeah. it's incredible. It's, it's the best. It's so it's great bang for your buck. Just amazing. It's perfect. There we but, go. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jay, well, thank you very much. Uh, Keep up the great work and we're excited to follow along your journey and uh, appreciate you coming on. All right. Thank you guys. Thanks, man. And that was just Jake Wallach, J-Wall, 567, one-time national champ, Madden Club champion. One time is all yeah. that matters. Well, hey, the belt speaks for itself. That was pretty cool. A uh, great interview with him. We appreciate him coming on. Um, it's crazy to talk to people that are so good at video games. <laughs> it's just as simple as that it's how like, do they do you make a great point like, how do they do that how do they do it i mean it's it's frustrating when you see like the people that like your friends with that are you know in, insane at like Fortnite or call of duty <laughs> whatever it is but like when it gets to like the sports games i feel like for the most part when you're like chilling with friends playing it's like everyone's you know you might win one week i might win the other 
call it a day. Like a guy like that, you're never winning. You are never winning oh, yeah. again. And again, that club championship game he played in, the score was fourteen to six. Yeah, it wasn't like oh, two of the best Madden players are playing each other. It's gonna be like a seventy seventy game. It was like it was fourteen to six. Like that's insane. The total opposite of a barn burner. Yeah. Because you have to outsmart the other guy at that yeah. point. Like we talked about it, and he just had to user pick him at the end. A little bit of luck and. 150 grand in his pocket, probably like 75 grand after taxes, but yeah. it is what it is. Hey, that's a nice little nut right there. But I mean, the way he was talking about the game too, is like, oh yeah, you know, different players have abilities and stuff and and like all like the cheat codes and like the gameplay and stuff. It's like, I'm just assuming that like, if I get a 90 overall team, I'm like, all right, that's, <laughs> that's something I'm working with. Like he can make, he can make like any Browns team before 2018 look amazing probably. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But that's Jay Wall. Uh, check him out on Twitch. We will post all the info. Uh, he's going to be streaming a little bit as the time goes on. He's a Madden guy. Might mix in some 2K or the show, he says. So uh, keep your eyes on jwall 567 You can follow him on Twitter, too. Uh, do we have anything for Positivity Corner this week? Yes. So a Wisconsin Chick-fil-A worker who won a car in a company raffle gives it to a coworker who bikes to work. So Haley Bridges out of Appleton, Wisconsin, won a brand new car um, in a Christmas raffle. But instead of keeping it, even though she was excited, she gave it to a coworker uh, who is the 19-year-old Hakuli from Honolulu, who was commuting through uh, commuting to the restaurant by bike. So she got together and was like, you know, co-worker in need. I, I won this fortunate gift, but I'd rather her get to work safely each day, especially in Wisconsin. It's probably snowing all the time. Rather her get to work safely each day with uh, this present rather than uh, reap the benefits herself. So she gifted the car and now they're driving to work together. And it's a nice little story, you know, again, in a, in a crazy time like this, you know, you win something big, you're probably just like, wow, it's been a shit year, but I got it big and she decided to pass along as well. So Great stuff over in Wisconsin, and of course it's Chick Fil A. Nicest people, nice, nicest, uh, nicest fast food people in the world. They say. So they say. So yes. they say. Until <laughs> they don't want to serve you breakfast past ten thirty. <laughs> that's all right. You're, we're gonna trigger some bad memories. Right? Yeah. We just this is positive. This is positive stuff. That's we got our we got our Chick Fil A breakfast yep. this week. So. What'd you get again? You got the chicken biscuits. The mini right? biscuits. Those were very good. Um, I took home a hash brown scramble with some grilled chicken filet. Very delicious breakfast. This is not a Chick-fil-A ad, but please sponsor us, Chick-fil-A. Um, feel good story. Awesome stuff from the best fast food restaurant in the nation. That's episode 41. We have an awesome, awesome guest for episode 42. We're talking baseball. Yes, we're talking professional baseball, too. This is a pro baseball guest and now has moved on to the world of collegiate athletics. But that's all for next week in episode 42. From all of us here at House Enterprise, that's Will and I'm Jake. So long, folks. Take it easy. Mm-hmm.